Welcome back to the Public Problems Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bullock, and this is January 11th, 2021. Uh, if you've been a follower of Public Problems, it has been some time since we pub- published a specific Public Problems Podcast, but here in 2021, um, we are going to be making some changes and expanding the podcast. I've been doing this podcast in a couple forms since um, middle of 2017. We've had a few seasons uh, that involved a number of students who are producing content, have a number of lectures, um, a number of interviews. All of these are things we've been able to do with the podcast since 2017. We've published over 150 episodes on this channel with over 20,000 listens. And this year I wanna expand it and start finding some opportunities to have the podcast generate resources. That way I can spend more time on it. So with that in mind, as we start this new year and what is going to be a new season, but an ongoing one uh, that is published weekly on Mondays for the Public Problems Podcast, in addition to delivering you weekly content on Mondays, um, what we're going to ask you to do is support us on Patreon, Patreon, and be a patron, but uh, support us on Patreon, and um, you can also support us on Venmo. On Patreon, you'll see the links for this in the episode. It's my name, Justin Bullock, as is the Venmo. And on Patreon, you have three levels of engagement with us. Um, and I've titled them similarly to the different positions of my field of a, being a professor. So there's the assistant patron, associate patron, and full. These levels of support are $5, $10, and $20. And each one comes with different benefits. So if you can check that out, think about supporting us. Again, that's Justin Bullock um, on Patreon or um, if you would like to do one-off donations to support the podcast, you can do that on Venmo as well. As I mentioned, I'm going to publish these every Monday. And um, the other thing that I'm working on outside of my academic regular academic work is a speculative fiction, science fiction book um, that I'm hoping to have published at the beginning of the summer, around July 1 is my goal for that. So I'll be keeping you updated on that as well. 2020 was a bit of a crazy year. Uh, We focused on this podcast mostly uh, on coronavirus and COVID-19 and the political developments in the US um, that have culminated in uh, some pretty crazy, um, some pretty crazy events at the beginning of 2021. But as we move forward through 2021, um, I wanted to expand out from talking as much about COVID and expand out from talking as much about the U.S. president and U.S. politics in particular, and instead think some and talk some about general global challenges, global public problems, and challenges more generally to how we can all cooperate together, how we can live together in peace, how we can can build a better 
future for humanity as we move forward. And so to that end, this series is going to touch on a few things that will feel a little different than some of the academic flavor of the public problems podcasts in the past, and also some of our fun uh, rabid weasel podcasts that we've been publishing um, the last few months now. And instead, this weekly series um, will continue to publish the Bush School Uncorked on this feed, and we'll continue to publish the Rabbit Weasel podcast. Um, but over and above those, I want to have a weekly variety show that I'll come and chat with you about a number of things that are going on that I'm interested in. These will range from lectures, um, where I give a more formal talk on either some writings I'm working on, some topics I'm interested in. These could also include conversations. Um, uh, one of the things that inspired me about public problems from the very beginning was um, the opportunity to be able to talk with interesting people. So we're gonna continue to do that. And a new piece of this is going to be storytelling, audio story storytelling. Part of this is going to be from works that I'm creating, and part of this is going to be from other stories that I think will be of interest to you. So again, we'll be doing this, I'll be publishing this weekly. We will continue throughout 2021 to publish the Rabbit Weasel podcast on this feed and Bush School Uncorked, uh, but we're going to be complementing that with a weekly, uh, weekly podcast episode on public problems more generally. And to get this started, I have two things that I want to share with you today. And there are going to be two readings. One is going to be of a poem that I uh, was re recently introduced to. And one is going to be some recent work that I've done. Um, so I'll share both of those with you today. And then note that uh, Rabbit Weasel podcast will also be published later today uh, on January 11th. And we'll also be picking back up Bush School and Court in uh, next week. So with those things in mind, uh, the first thing I would like to share with you today is a, rate, is a, is a reading. Um, and as part of expanding my own exposure to literature and thinking about the challenges of cooperation and challenges of society. Um, poetry has been something that I have long neglected, uh, but was recently kind of brought back to my attention through reconnecting with a high school teacher of mine. And this gentleman's name is Robert Delisle. And he uh, had a lot of influence on me as a young uh, adult in Paulding County, Georgia, growing up, um, and we've reconnected, and he has shared some poems with me. And this one in particular stuck with me enough that um, I'd like to share it with you as part of some of the new um, things we're sharing with you through the Public Problems podcast. This poem is called The Waking, and it's by Theodore Rothke. Um, and I'm going to read through it and, uh, and just share it with you. I have some thoughts on it, but I'm going to start with just reading it to you. So again, this is The Waking by Theodore Rothkin. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. 
I feel my fate and what I cannot fear. I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling, what is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. Light takes the tree, but who can tell us how? The lowly worm climbs up a winding stair. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Great nature has another thing to do to you and me. So take the lively air and lovely learn by going where to go. The shaking keeps me steady, I should know. What falls away is always and is near. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. Again, this is Theodore Rothkin, The Waking, copyrighted in 1953. This poem has really stuck with me um, in ways that other poems as an adult have not. Uh, and it's been really fun for me to um, explore poetry again. I've set about memorizing the first few refrains um, and the first two stanzas here in particular have really stuck with me. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I feel my fate and what I cannot fear. I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling, what is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I have. Um, it's become a little bit of a refrain for me um, and a lot of fun. So with that shared, um, I want to shift to some of my recent work. And as part of the series, I want to share with you um, some of my recent work on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence and machine intelligence have been at the heart of what I've been interested in from a public policy and public administration perspective and have a number of projects in that direction these days, um, including a uh, AI governance handbook with Oxford University Press that will be coming out next year, um, and a number of academic articles um, that are exploring the challenges that these new uh, tools present to our societies and to our human values. And this intersect is something that is, continues to be of real interest to me, continues to be a large part of my academic career. And I wanna share with you um, a piece that I wrote recently for the Mossbacker Institute uh, for Trade, Economics and Public Policy at Texas A&M University um, where I work. And this is a, uh, from a series that they do called uh, Takeaways. And it was published in July of last year. And I'm going to read this to you and, uh, and share it with you. It's also available in, uh, in a link in the 
podcast description along with a link to the Rothke, um, re, uh, the Rothke poetry, the Rothke poem. <laughs> All right. So this again is some work that I published back in July of last year. It's from the takeaway series, a policy brief from the Mossbacker Institute for Trade, Economics and Public Policy. The title is Artificial Intelligence, a Double-Edged Sword. Even if you are not a computer scientist, you have likely recently heard the words artificial intelligence. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard them as well. Companies and governments throughout the world are beginning to make use of AI tools for the effectiveness and efficiency gains they present. A full picture, however, should examine both the pros and the cons of these new technologies. This brief, this reading, will describe AI-based tools and how they may be used by companies and governments for both positive and negative ends. Governments and companies must make a myriad of decisions throughout the course of completing their missions and objectives. AI tools allow them to integrate and analyze large amounts of data to improve their decision-making. AI tools are used to make determinations about loan applications, to execute stock trades based on market trends, and to route packages. They are used by law enforcement for surveillance, the judicial system for risk assessment, finance companies to detect fraud, social media to determine your likes, and search engines to deliver the best results. Modern AI tools can play a useful role in many such processes, particularly tools involving machine learning algorithms that are trained on some input data to learn the best pathways to accomplish some task or make some decision. Once the algorithm has been trained on the input data, it can be scaled up to work on large pools of data at superhuman levels. For example, a computer can be trained on a sample of lymph node scans to detect possibly cancerous irregularities. Questionable use of AI tools. However, not all tasks are suitable for automation. There are many tasks that are hard to clearly define, require judgment, or have an ethical component. And in the tasks for governments in particular, this is a, a large amount of these tasks. These types of tasks are often more complex, contain more uncertainty, and may involve access to private personal data. Companies and governments need to make careful decisions about when it is appropriate to deploy AI tools and systems to either augment or automate tasks that have typically been completed by humans. For example, governments throughout the world, including the United States, United Kingdom, and China, have been using facial recognition AI tools to identify suspects. A 2016 study by Georgetown Law found that 50% of American adults are in a law enforcement face recognition network. Sources for these photos include mugshots, passports, licenses, and social media. The faces of many people never convicted of a crime. Even more serious are the alarms raised by studies showing high rates of incorrect matches 
generally in the highest rates for dark-skinned people. False identification. False identifications turn innocent people into suspects, and those mistakes disproportionately affect people of color. We should all be concerned about facial recognition tools being put into use with little transparency or regulation and well before human rights and data privacy concerns have been adequately addressed. Another area of concern is the risk assessment AI algorithms widely in use by the US criminal justice system in bail setting and sentencing recommendations. These algorithms have also been shown to be highly inaccurate and racially biased. Comparing the risk scores assigned to arrestees against their subsequent two-year arrest record, one study found that black defendants were almost twice as likely to be incorrectly labeled as high risk, while white defendants were much more likely to be mislabeled as low risk. <coughs> These typically proprietary algorithms are not open for inspection by the public and pose serious problems relating to due process, human rights, and discrimination. In a sticks versus carrots categorization, you might call these AI tools as very high stakes, harsh sticks. Companies on the other hand, sometimes use AI tools as deceptive carrots, offering a positive reward, but with a hidden cost. Deceptive carrots might be free products that on some level we understand are not completely free, but whose true costs are not transparent to consumers. For example, Facebook is free in the sense that you do not directly pay to use it. However, your viewing habits and the personal data you reveal are a rich trove of data that can be used for advantage by AI machine learning tools to predict what else you might click on or like. These predictions are then sold to companies who may use the information for targeted advertising or to attempt to influence voting behavior. So, AI tools can be of great benefit, but they're also being used questionably in a great surveillance experiment by both governments and major technological companies. But the public and private sectors are using AI tools to keep a closer, both the public and private sectors are using AI tools to keep a closer eye on their citizens, consumers, and the general public. AI use, therefore, has the potential to be used to invade privacy, avoid accountability, and exacerbate inequality, and discriminate against individuals and groups of individuals. Strategies for using AI tools more responsibly and ethically. AI tools operate in almost every industry, finance, healthcare, manufacturing, and transportation, just to name a few. The growth of their use in companies in the United States and throughout the world is high. In 2019, 58% of large companies surveyed reported adopting AI in at least one function or business unit compared to 47% in 2018. Leading AI experts argue that AI tools will continue to improve their execution of more complex and uncertain tasks. Over time, these experts argue we will eventually have a set of comprehensive AI services that will execute a range of problem-solving tasks similar to what humans can do. At a minimum, it seems that the current tools are very unlikely to decrease in their capabilities, but already there are concerns about the use of these tools across both the private and public sector. 
as I've been highlighting here. Setting professional ethical standards is an important step for managing AI. The International Electrical and Electronics Engineers have made ethical use of AI tools created by engineers a significant priority. The IEEE's Ethically Aligned Design Report highlights an ethical framework for the development of autonomous and intelligent systems that has three core pillars, human rights, data agency, political autonomy, and technical dependability. The data agency and political autonomy being one of the three core pillars. These pillars are intended to guide professional engineers in their development of AI systems so that fairness, equality, accountability, privacy, and transparency are at the heart of the development of these systems. Organizations, managers, and individuals also need frameworks for understanding when AI tools can and should be applied to the missions of their private and public organizations. Users of AI tools need to be aware of the issues and work to protect the core values underlying our liberal, democratic, market-based societies rather than working against them. In recent work, my co-authors and I argue that as AI tools are being made available, organizations should think carefully about which tasks or sets of tasks truly do benefit from task augmentation or automation by AI tools. We argue that as tasks require more professional expertise, discretionary judgment, or significant ethical value components, organizations should be much more cautious in deploying AI tools. This applies to both public and private organizations. Shifts from human labor and decisions to AI tools within a decision-making process or a task completion effort should be considered along the criteria of effectiveness, efficiency, equity, manageability, and legitimacy. In other words, the task and decision-making context and its broader implications need to be carefully understood before the implementation of AI tools and systems. Conclusion, AI tools are double-edged swords. They can be used to make human lives better and worse. They are being used in both positive and helpful ways and in negative and harmful ways. Given the spread of these tools, their use throughout governments and companies and their ability to closely monitor human behavior, new US federal regu regulations and global coordination activities are needed to ensure that they are developed responsibly. Again, this was a takeaway from the Mossbacker Institute for Trade Economics and Public Policy back in July of last year. I hope you've enjoyed both the reading of Theodore Rothke's The Waking and of the takeaway from the Mossbacker Institute that I wrote, Artificial Intelligence, Double-Edged Swords. I'll have the links to these in this episode so that you can see them. And thank you for following along today. I'm looking forward to uh, building out this weekly show um, where there will again be some readings 
some uh, variety of interest. We will focus on uh, coordination and public problems challenges. And uh, we'll also be focusing in on computing machines and AI and the roles in which they're playing in affecting society. Be reading some, some poems, some written academic work, some stories and having some conversations with people. Um, and with all of that in mind, this is the first episode of 2021 and the first of what will be weekly episodes released on Mondays throughout this year. Again, I hope that you will take the time to follow along. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, um, you can find us on Patreon now under my name, Justin Bullock. There are three levels of support there, $5, $10, and $20 a month. And we also have a Venmo under my name, Justin Dash Bullock, where you can send one-off donations to go towards the podcast. Thank you for your time today. And I'm looking forward to sharing this series with you and this podcast throughout the year. Have a wonderful day.